This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate the highs and lows of the human condition. Each week, we address a new topic, and we see that there are two choices we can make. We can lower the bar, go with the flow, and react to what the world throws at us, or we can be proactive, deciding in advance how we want to live, and in essence, rise above the human condition. We hope the discussion today is just what you need for the week ahead. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Transcend Human podcast. We'd like to welcome you to a brand new series. Today, we're kicking off the Transcendent Parenting Series, and I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this since December of last year. Over the holidays, I think I sat down for a few weeks um, and really thought through season two of the podcast. I had a lot of one-off ideas, but there was this idea that just kept bugging me, kept nagging at me. Um, You know, what if we did a parenting series? At the time, I wasn't 100% sure what it would look like, um, but as I started to think it through, it started to take shape, um, and I just became more and more excited about it for lots of reasons, but here's just two of those reasons. So first of all, I believe that parenting is one of those felt need topics that we can all benefit from. I mean, there's never really a bad time to talk about being a better parent, right? Especially now living through the past 12 months, the pandemic, um, you know, parenting has become a crazy different challenge, uh, given what we've been through dealing with quarantine, virtual school, working from home, all of those things, not to mention the exponential growth of social anxiety and depression seen in kids as well as adults. So all of this has kind of placed a spotlight on what it means to be a parent and to parent. And then the second reason I'm stoked for this series is that I'm not going to do it alone. So my wife, Tammy, has agreed to join me, or maybe she inserted herself on purpose to make sure I didn't mess things up. But whatever the case, she is here with us this morning. So Tammy, welcome to the Transcend Human podcast. I thought the easiest way to introduce you might be to just ask you a few questions um, and allow you to tell us a bit more about yourself. Sound good? Yep. Awesome. All right. So first things first, uh, tell us a little bit about what life was like for you back in the day growing up. So I grew up in northern Indiana, was born in Elkhart, Indiana, to be exact, but spent most of my growing up years in Mishawaka, Indiana. Try to say that one 12 times. Um, I had divorced parents, so did the whole back and forth thing. Uh, Basically lived with my mom, but then did my dad's um, every other weekend. Both my parents got remarried. I had step-siblings half-siblings, you know, all those fun things. But I basically had a pretty typical childhood, did all the things that kids do, had friends, I played a sport in high school, um, had a job, uh, went to Friday night football games, you know, just all the good stuff. Sounds like an exciting childhood. (laughs) Um, So you get a little bit older, and it's time to go to school, go away to college. What What did you study? What was your interest back then um, when you went to college? So I went to Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. So um, I grew up in Northern Indiana and went to school in, I guess you would call it Southern Indiana. I don't, I think Bloomington is probably considered Southern Indiana, 
Started out, I think, as a psychology major. To be honest, I can't really remember what I started out doing, but about halfway through, took a social work class and fell in love with it and changed my major to social work and graduated um, with a social work, a bachelor's in social work. I did, you know, the whole five-year thing, decided to stay a little longer. Um, but yeah, that's what I did. It was great. I loved it. Um, did my last year of social work actually um, living in Indianapolis. So I had to do an internship. And so did an internship um, four days a week and did class down in Bloomington one day a week. So I just lived in Indy and uh, did my internship there. Cool. So I guess the big question then once you graduate with a degree is, is that what you did with it when you started working? I actually, I would say have. Uh, so my first job out of college was a case management job, um, was working with kids in a mental health uh, hospital, which is where I met you. Um, so did that. And then I did some counseling um, in a school system for elementary age kids. And then from there went on to do some more case management for, uh, for uh, kids that have delays and disabilities through the first step system. So, and actually did that job for almost 20 years. Then we moved to California, as you all know, and here I have done some stuff with foster care and with after school programs, all of that I would say in the social worky area, I guess. Got it. So really your education led to the things that you were doing, but then would you say those are things that you are passionate about or are there other things that, that kind of really get to you more so than even what you do for a living? Yeah, there's been pieces of my job that I've been very passionate about. I'm very passionate about foster care and we'll probably, maybe that will come in um, a little bit later. That's a passion that actually kind of came a little bit later in life for me. Well, after college actually. So, and uh, God's just kind of continued to grow that in my heart and actually I think in both of our hearts. Um, but one of the things I'm most passionate about actually is being a mom. So um, I love it. It's uh, gonna maybe sound weird, but one of those things I think I was born to do, um, not just with my own kids, but I love being a mom to any kids that are around. So it's just, it's my favorite thing. Sweet. I guess that's a good thing we have on the podcast then for the uh, the parenting series. Okay, so the last question is kind of related to that. So why on earth would you be willing to do this podcast? I thought it would be fun. That it'd be fun to do something together. And um, I am pretty passionate about parenting. I think uh, when you're passionate about mothering, along with mothering comes being a parent, right? So um, we've learned a lot through the years. Um, we've made mistakes. We've done some amazing, great things. Um, and I think I can see looking around um, just how important parenting is and um, that kids really want to be parented, uh, that it's something, even though they, you, it seems that they don't, and it seems that they want to just live their lives and do uh, what they want to do, but it's actually not true. And so that's uh, part of the reason that parenting is just so important to me. And again, I thought it'd be fun to do it with you. Awesome. Well, that's fun. And again, so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for agreeing to doing this with me. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
All right, next up. So on the podcast, we typically do this thing called a minute of transparency, um, where I usually tell a story or talk about something that I'm going through that week, things that are a little more transparent than the main topic that we're discussing that week. Um, But since it isn't just me this time, since we're doing a series together, uh, we're going to change it up a bit and we're going to call it the minute of marriage transparency. Uh, And this week we're going to call it opposites attract. So each week we'll be sharing something about either us or marriage or our parenting styles or even just stories from the front lines, uh, basically, uh, in our parenting experience, times when we've had to learn things the hard way, things like that. Uh, But to kick things off, I thought it might be fun to start with a little conversation about compatibility uh, when we talk about marriage and the whole idea that opposites attract. So let's start with you. Uh, What comes to mind when you hear the phrase opposites attract? So the first thing I think that comes to mind is, isn't there a song about opposites attract? Probably, yeah. (laughs) I think there is some (laughs) song out there. For some reason, that literally just hit my brain. So um, I think you always hear that, right? Like growing up, like, oh, opposites attract. These You see people and you're like, they're so different. But it's because opposites attract. So that's the first thing that that's just like, what comes to mind off the top of my head. Got it. And then, so Jens, looking at our marriage then, um, where are some areas where you see that we act as opposites? So this is pretty funny. Or is it every area? (laughs) So we joke a lot that uh, we are definitely opposites. Uh, And I, I think, I don't know, maybe you disagree with me, but as we've, as our marriage has continued, we've been married, what, 21 years now? Mm-hmm. Almost 22 in June, right? So maybe, yeah. So, um, but I think as we've been married longer, I think it's become more apparent to me. I don't know why that is, that like how opposite we really are. Maybe it's because we're in a different ser- stage of our life. Like parenting is in a different stage at this point. So there's more time to think about things and focus on things. I, I don't know what it is, but So here's some ways that I'll tell you guys about how very opposite we are. So I'm an extrovert. You are in? Oh, I don't know. Introvert, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very, very true. I love Uh, to be around people. I love to be doing things. People bring me energy. Um, I'm actually one of those people that if I'm not around people for a while, I kind of start to feel sad and lonely. Um, And you are the exact opposite. You like to have your time to yourself. uh, And that's how you kind of get your energy back is having that time. Um, I like to have a pretty big friend group. I mean, I like to have a small group of people that I get really deep with, but I enjoy getting to know new people. It's one of my things that I love the most. I love having lunch with friends set up a couple of times a week or having dinners set up. I like to have a big group of people around me. And you, on the other hand, prefer a very, very small group of people. Um, I would say you're like me in that you just want to have a few people that you go deep with, but you don't need to have all the fluff, is what you would call it, I think, outside of that. Yeah. Right? Um, I like to go out. I like to do things. You like to stay in. See, see, this is becoming a trend, how we are very, very opposite. Um, I'm an Enneagram Enneagram 7. You are a? A1. A Enneagram 1. 
So in my sevenness, I am spontaneous. I like adventure. I don't want life to be the same. I get very bored in the mundane. Every day, every week looks the same. It, that literally for me is like just poke my eyes out like why would anybody want to live that way <laughs> but for you that you thrive in that environment you thrive in uh having things the same and having a week that is scheduled and knowing what is coming for you um and having everything kind of laid out in front of you right yeah routine order structure all of those things work really well for me Yeah. So I'm one of those people, right. That like, you know, the day has gone on and into my head all day, I'm thinking like, Oh, let's do something fun tonight. Let's go grab dinner. Let's go to a movie. And for me, that's like super fun. And I'll like throw that out. And he's like, I've been working all day. Like that's the last thing I want to do. So it's just funny. That just, it happens. So I would say we are definitely opposites. And speaking of the Enneagram, I follow a bunch of Enneagram stuff on Instagram and they, somebody did this whole series on like marriage and Enneagram numbers. And there was one of them that was an Enneagram seven with an Enneagram one. And one of the things that said on there was opposites attract. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, that's pretty much it. That, that kind of entails us. But what I would say in that is though we're so very different and those things, right. Is that we're so very the same in like our morals and our values and like the big things that are important to us. So that's, that's the difference. The important stuff. Yep. Cool. All right. So we're going to wrap this up with a couple questions. So just kind of finishing up on this whole concept of opposites attract. If, if you look back when we first met, would you say that it was the oppositeness that attracted you to me or that attracted us? That's a hard question. My guess is probably like that there was probably this sense of like, wow, he's so different than me. I mean, one of the first things I thought about you when I met you was like, he's way too quiet. Like, I mean, I remember literally saying to friends, like I'll, cause he was, so just to give you guys a little bit of like background, when he came in to where we were working, there was this whole group of us that we were all the same age, kind of just graduated from college. We all hung out, kind of did life together. And uh, he came in and it was this new guy because it was, you know, social work, mostly made up of girls, right? There was a couple of other guys working with us, but it was like, oh, there's this new guy starting. There's this new guy starting. And so there's all this like, you know, hype around Daryl starting uh, this job. And so he came in, we got to, you know, kind of got to know him. We would do lunch, all of us lunch every day. And so you know, there was all this talk about the unmarried women in the group, like, oh, well, would you ever date him? And I was like, heck no, he's way too quiet for me. So that was probably like the first inclination of like, wow, we're so very different. But I don't remember that being something that was like, oh my gosh, we are a hundred percent different. (laughs) Got it. And then the last question is kind of fast forward then to being married for 20 years and when you think of opposites attract, do you think that it has helped to make our marriage stronger or has it been just one more obstacle to make things harder? I think it's a combination. If I'm being honest, um, I think there's seasons where like we've been able to, like, he's been able to look at me and be like, yo, you need to calm down. Or like, why can't you sit? Why can't you just sit and think and be quiet and like, why can't you just be? 
Um, and so that's made me think like, well, why can't I do that? Like, is there a reason that I don't do that? And I think there's been times for him that I've been able to say like, you can't sit in this house. Like you need to be in relationship. It's important. Um, so we've been able to pull each other to make each other healthier. Um, I think at times. So I think at times it's a very healthy and has made our marriage much stronger. And I think at times it makes it hard. It makes it hard. Like, I think there's probably times I get my feelings hurt because I'm like, well, why can't you be spontaneous? Like, why do you have to have such order in your life? And there's probably been times where you get annoyed with me because you're like, dude, you've been thinking that all day, but you didn't say anything to me about it. So um, I think part of it is just like knowing that about each other. And I think when we're both in good spaces and we're both healthy, it's probably a really, really good thing. But when we're not in such great spaces, it can start to kind of make you feel like, oh, we're just so incredibly different. Um, so. Yeah, totally. I can see that. All right. So by now, some of you are probably saying, wait, what's going on? I thought this was a parenting series. Why are we talking about marriage? And you're right. This is a slight bait and switch, at least for episode one. So what Tammy and I know to be true is that you can't really talk about parenting without addressing the importance of marriage first. So that's why we decided we would take this first episode and really just kind of set the foundation for what your life can be like with a strong marriage and how that can impact having kids and parenting later. So today's topic is first things first, and we're going to talk about our marriage being our top priority. Uh, building blocks of a great marriage. Number three, we're going to talk about it's never too late. And finally, get ready, though you'll never be ready. Number one, your marriage is your top priority. So like we said, this is a parenting series, but before we get into that, we should really talk about marriage. Basically, the idea that your marriage comes first. Now, it's obvious if you don't have kids yet, right? Your marriage comes first because that's all there is, is your marriage. But if you've had kids for 10 years or so, and we said your marriage comes first, would you still agree? And this is where it can get kind of sticky because what typically happens when kids come along is that they start to come first. And this is something we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about. So what do you think, Tam? What do you think about this concept of having kids and then them kind of becoming your world instead of your marriage? Yeah, it happens. It happens so easy. It happens before... I mean, you blink an eye and it's there, but I think what we need to ever, we all need to remember is that your marriage was there before you had kids and your marriage will be there. Hopefully that's the hope is that your marriage is there when the kids are ready and leave your house and um, find their own people. Um, and if you don't have a healthy marriage, if that doesn't happen, then you're going to end up being in a spot you don't want to end up being by the time the kids leave your house. And it's important for the kids to see you have a healthy marriage. You're modeling that for them. That's how they're going to know what a marriage looks like. And we all want our kids to have that. We all want them to stay in a marriage. We all want them to have a healthy marriage. That's, I mean, that's our goal. That's my goal for our kids. Um, and I mean, the other part of that is like when you get married, when you've chosen to be together, you know, if you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus, that the Bible says that you become one. 
And so that's what a husband and a wife get to do. It's a different relationship than you have with your kids. And you don't realize that until you have kids, but it's, it's completely different. It's a, I mean, I would even say if it's, it's a different type of love than you have for your kids. Um, but eventually they're going to go out and they're going to find their person. They're going to find their one and believe it or not, they're going to leave your house. And that relationship is going to become top priority for them. And if you don't have a healthy marriage, then where, where does that leave you when they're gone and they've got their people now, all of a sudden you're in a spot where you're like, wait, do we even know each other anymore? So that's what I think. Yeah, every time I think about this topic, I think about the whole airline illustration where you have, you know, the flight attendant, they get up and they do the pre-flight instructions and they come to the part about the oxygen masks and they always say, what? If you're traveling with a child, make sure you put your mask on first and then help them with theirs. So this is important because if you pass out, obviously you're not there to help your child put their mask on if they don't know how to use it. Um, So then you're both in trouble. And that's kind of similar, you know, if you if you focus on your marriage first, it's like putting the oxygen mask on um, and then that sets you up to be able to help your your children out through parenting or or whatever, you know, after that. So interesting concept. All right. Number two, building blocks of a great marriage. So once we understand the importance of marriage um, and that it needs to be a priority, then how do we go about doing that? So both before we have kids and then after we've even gone down that road and we have kids. So here are just a few um, things that we thought might be helpful. Number one, uh, choose together that divorce is not an option. Now, I know that sounds absurd. And the reason why it sounds absurd most of the time is because in the beginning, we aren't even really prepared for this level of commitment. For many of us, we've dated for years. And when you date, you kind of follow a completely different set of rules, right? You're trying uh, each other on, so to speak, and trying to decide if you're really feeling it or not. And if you're not, then you move on. And if you've dated a lot, then this behavior becomes second nature. Next, you know, you find the one and it's the right one and you get married. Um, but the world isn't going to help you stay married, for sure. Marriage just isn't looked at the same way anymore that it used to be. Um, so it kind of functions today more like the dating relationships uh, that we remember in the past. If things get a little rocky, we get out. We find the next person. Uh, we find the one who who will really make us happy. Um, and that's really the key, right? The world is telling us that marriage is all about me and my needs. And... Um, you know, to focus on what we can get out of it. And happiness really becomes the ultimate goal. And if we aren't happy, then it must be a bad marriage. So get out as fast as you can and find a better one. And this is really why, you know, the divorce rate is around 50%. And in Southern California, unfortunately, it's even closer to 70%. So we understand, you know, choosing together that a uh, divorce isn't even an option kind of goes against the grain. It goes against what people believe is right these days. Um, But it's really something that we felt we needed to decide in advance. And so because we felt strongly about it, we had the conversation. So it might be interesting to kind of talk through why we decided we needed to have that conversation. So what were you thinking when we had that conversation? So I told you guys before I grew up in a divorced home. So I did the whole uh, back and forth thing. So that's where I was coming from. I 
hated it. It did not like it. It caused uh, all sorts of problems and friction. I didn't like having to go back and forth. I didn't like having two homes. Um, I didn't like, you know, having to split my holidays and it just, it's not what I wanted. And so I decided uh, pretty early on uh, that that's not what I wanted for my life, that it was the life that I had and I made the best out of it. And, um, but that's not the life I wanted to give my own kids. So I um, very clearly, when I kind of started dating and thinking about it in a serious manner, I knew that I was going to do whatever it took to not get divorced and that I was going to go into a marriage and have that conversation and that the person I decided to marry had to also believe the same thing. Like that was one of those non-negotiables for me, that if you are going to walk in and know that at any point you can get out, I'm not, we're done. Like I'm not going forward with this because it just was that important to me. Yeah. And I think, I think you're the one who probably initiated the conversation, but I felt the same way. And I came from a similar situation where my parents were separated for a while. And it was, it was just one of those things that I knew it wasn't what I wanted either. And so I think it was, it was very comforting to have that conversation and know that that was something that we were both serious about and wanted to make part of our marriage. So if you are engaged or dating the person you think you might marry, you know, I think our advice to you is just not to skirt the issue. You know, don't just pretend like, oh, yeah, I think they're really into me. I think, you know, I think we'll be fine. Don't feel embarrassed to bring it up, make it a priority um, and have the conversation uh, before you really jump in for sure. So the next thing that we thought might be helpful, number two, plan your day, your week, your month and even your year. Does that sound familiar? Thank you, friends, for the theme song for that inspiration. So here's the idea. Your day. A day comes down to a lot of logistics, right? When you guys have kids as they get older and they've got soccer and they've got preschool and all of the things, you've got dinner and you've got chores and you've got kids to run places. Um, who's doing what? Who's got to be where? What time do you have to be there? What are the things that you need to plan into your day? But um, but what are the things that you can plan into your day to um, let your spouse know that you're thinking about them, that your day hasn't been caught up with the kids or your job or whatever it is. So write them a note, text them in the middle of the day to just say, hey, you're on my brain. I'm thinking about you today. Um, just the little things to show them like, hey, you're still important. And I haven't forgotten about you, even though like the day has been crazy. And then the week, think about the week right? Um, every day turns into a week. Um, so what are you doing during the week to make your marriage a priority? Here's one of the things that we made a priority um, during our, when our kids were young was a date night. It was something that we put on the schedule. It was planned. Um, we, we, and we really didn't deviate from it. Like we um, had some friends that we swapped kids with. So we didn't even have to pay for a babysitter, but we swapped kids. It was an every other week thing. And we knew, I think it was Monday nights. Monday nights is date night. Nothing comes in the way of that. It really didn't matter. So um, plan a date night or meet up for lunch. If like date nights are hard, uh, meet up for lunch once one day out of the week. Or maybe look at, think about this, do both. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, you know, the other thing we can do to help each other out is we all have tasks, right? Like things that have to get done during the week. We have to make meals, we have to pay bills, we have to clean our house, we have to change diapers, we have to buy groceries. So what are the things that you can do in there to help each other out? Um, what, what are things that you can take off of somebody else's list to say that's just going to show them like, hey, I know you have a lot going on this week. Um, and I want to I want to grab this for you. I want to do this for you. Um, 
you know, and I, I think that's even important to have that conversation before you get married or, or once you have kids is like, Hey, what, how's this going to work for us? Like, are the chores or all of this going to be like 50, 50, or are we going to split down the line and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and you're going to do A, B, and C. Um, or is it just going to be like you, I, cause I think what happens is we fall into routines and we fall into, well, I always do this and I always do that. And sometimes to be honest, it can cause people to get frustrated and irritated because one person can feel like I'm doing the bulk of things, especially when kids are little or you have a mom that is staying home and isn't working and dad gets to go to work all day. Right. Like, um, so if you put those things into place before you have kids, um, hopefully some of that stuff will just kind of, uh, roll over, but so that's the week. And then think about the month. I mean, a month, it's kind of the weeks put together. Um, but again, just continue to, you know, do those things, have those set things, um, throughout your month that you're kind of doing all the time. And then a year, you guys, a year goes by so fast. Like, I mean, just think of, think of COVID, right? Like it's been a year. Does it feel like a year? I think sometimes it feels like 12 years. Other times it feels like it's been two months. Um, but a year will fly when you have kids, you will literally blink your eyes and they will be graduating from high school. Like you won't believe that it happened, but you have to, you have to plan some things out. You have to put things in place. Um, plan a vacation you need to have a vacation at least one time a year. And I know sometimes it doesn't seem possible uh, because of financial reasons or time reasons, but you just have to make it happen. You can do a staycation if you want to. You could find some nas a national park to go to. You could, you know, literally go down the street and do something, but plan time away from work, away from technology, um, where you can just focus on each other because nobody's gonna do it for you. Nobody's gonna make it happen. It's only gonna be you. Um, and once you have kids, like those family vacations just get even more important. Um, plan a getaway, like outside of the vacation, uh, plan a time once you have kids that it's just you and your spouse. So it, that's going to be a really easy thing to go. I promise. It's going to be one of those things that you're just going to be like, ah, we'll do it next year. Um, we're really busy this year or, oh, we were going to do it in April, but that just didn't happen. But you need it. You need that time away. Um, to just reconnect, to be with your spouse, to talk about, like, to be honest, to talk about, like, what's bothering you? Like, where are you at? Like, what do we need to do better? Um, you know, what are, what are the things that, that we need to continue to work on in our own marriage? Um, and those things don't just happen. Like, you have to ask the questions. So, and set goals. Like, like I kind of said before, like, set, get your calendar out set your goals, um, put them, put them out on a piece of paper, set your vacation goals, set your date night goals. Um, and then even outside of that, like we said, what do you need to do to have a stronger marriage? How can you grow together? Um, what are your financial goals? Like just spend that time sitting down and writing those down. Cause here's what I think we have found is that if you don't, if you don't really sit down and do it, it doesn't happen. Like Right. Mm -hmm. If you don't take the time, if you don't plan it, it just doesn't happen. Life gets in Too the way. Too many things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Too many other things to do. And then if you're like really amazing and you're like <laughs> really great, like think five years, think 10 years, think 15 years. Again, we're not, I mean, if I'm being honest, we're not great at this, um, but we know it's a good thing. So um, plan, like plan, what does five years look like? Where, where do we want to be in five years? Um, do we want to be debt free? You know what? And then if we do, what do we need to do to make that happen? Do we want to move? Do we want to be in a different house? Um, or, you know, if you're talking about like having kids, like 
when do we want to have kids? You know, that's a question to think about, right? Is when you first get married. Um, but all of those things, like you have to take the time. Um, you have to take the time to make it happen. Or like I said, the the day will be gone, the week will be gone, the month will be gone, and you'll turn around and a year will be gone. Yeah. For sure. The definitely the five to ten year thing, you know, kind of focuses on financial goals, you know, sometimes career goals or, you know, how to plan for your kids' education, things like that. But but definitely worth doing if you can can put in that much headspace into, you know, thinking through the next five to ten years of your life. So all right, number three, get on the same page with your spouse. So this really requires a lot of communication, but the goal here is to basically talk through things proactively so that when they happen, you've already decided how you will respond to them. So this is kind of even taking in the first thing we talked about with divorce, you know, proactively deciding that you're not going to view divorce as an option. It's super helpful because you've talked through it. You already know what decision you're going to make when, you know, the, the fires come, so to speak. So similar to that, you know, there's there's a few other areas even in your life where conversations like that might be helpful. So, you know, when it comes to religion and spirituality, you know, how do your beliefs match up? Are you compatible? Are you incompatible? What does church mean to you? You know, what does attendance at church mean to you? Um, are you going to teach your kids about God or the Bible or spirituality? Um Next, parenting and discipline. So what are your beliefs about parenting, right? Are you a spanker? Are you not a spanker? Um, Things like that. You know, do you use timeouts? Do you remove privileges? Natural and logical consequences. You know, how, how do you each view parenting and discipline? Next up is finances. So obviously, you know, how do you deal with money? Do you believe that living debt free is important or are you more of a spender? Um, are you wanting to work towards a large savings account? How do you spend your money? All of those kinds of things um, related to money. And then distribution of labor, which uh, Tammy kind of talked a little bit about. And believe it or not, that is a super helpful conversation because if you can determine ahead of time who will do what, it'll, you know, it's not just going to happen naturally. You're going to have to decide ahead of time um, or you're going to have problems. You're going to have hurt feelings, or you're going to have people not say anything, but deep inside they're you know, they start to build up a resentment towards you because they feel like they're doing all the work. So good conversations to have ahead of time. Here's what I would say about that one too, though, is like, you need to have those conversations ongoing because it'll change, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you first yeah, get different married. Phases and, yep. You first yeah. get married and it's one thing you have young kids. It's different. You have, kids in elementary school, it's different. Like, so it's a, it's an ongoing conversation all the time for that one, for sure. I would say. Yeah. And just looking at COVID this, this whole year has been totally different with, with me being home, working from home all day long. Like there's no reason why I can't be doing dishes and doing laundry and helping out with that kind of stuff because I'm the one that's here the bulk of the time. So yeah, that, that was a whole different thing that kind of started this year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so number four and helpful things, you ready for this? Understand that kids don't fix broken marriages. What? Yes, it's true. They actually will make a broken marriage even worse. Remember we talked about before that kids take a lot of time 
They do, and they will pull you away from anything. So if your marriage is on the rocks before kids, it's going to be on the rocks, guys, after kids. It's like I said, it's going to make it worse. Um, they don't fix things. They make it harder. Um, it's the same kind of thing as thinking like, oh, if I move out of this town, my life will be so much better. It's the whole like grass is greener on the other side, right? Like, oh, well, if I do this, it's it's going to be better. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, that just, it doesn't happen. Uh, it makes it work. So the best thing you can do is work on your marriage first, um, then have kids. And you might go into a marriage and you might have had all these conversations and you feel like we can have kids in three months. Um, you know, it might take you two years to kind of feel like we're at that stage. It's, there's not a formula. It's different for every couple. Uh, it's different depending, I think, on the stage of life you get married in, right? Like we have friends that uh, got married young and waited five years to have kids. And you and I, that wasn't the case for us. We got married, I wouldn't say later in life, but we were a little bit older. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. Um, and so we were pregnant within our first year of marriage. Um, so, so yeah. But you just, I mean, you know, you want to make sure that uh, the kids are coming in to this world with the best possible environment uh, to grow. Uh, and it takes work. So. For sure. All right. Number three, it's never too late. So obviously we kind of went on a tangent there and we focused on those of you who are married and don't have kids yet. But we know that there are many people listening um, to this episode in every different stage of life. So there's probably people who are single, just married, married with kids, even potentially um, empty nesters. So you'll have to just pull insights, insights out of what we're saying kind of based on where you're at in that mix. Um, but the next section is for the married with kids. So what happens when you're already knee deep in kids and parenting and you feel like your marriage is not in a good place? Uh, do you just ignore the issues and just focus on the kids or uh, do you just give up because it, you know, we didn't get that piece worked out ahead of time. So, you know, let's just throw it in the towel. Of course not. The key phrase here is it's never too late to have a great marriage. Quick fixes. Nope. Marriage is hard, plain and simple. Uh, but if you're willing to work at it and put in the time, it will be one of the most fulfilling things you will do in your life. So better than getting your dream job, better than reaching some financial goal, uh, better than launching a new business venture that you feel called to, um, you know, better than losing a few pounds exercising. Uh, because, you know, when you work on something that's eternal, you're working on something that's bigger than yourself. And the impact is of a strong marriage is amazing. It, the impact it can have on your kids and those around you um, is immeasurable. So, so if there is no quick fix, then where do we even start? Well, there's a couple ideas um, and we'll throw those out here for you. So the first is what I would call the triangle. Um, set up your triangle and shrink it. So some of you may have heard this before, uh, but there's this illustration of a triangle. I think it's something that we heard back in premarital counseling or uh, sometime as we were uh, first engaged and, and getting ready to be married. But um, it's something we've heard of multiple times, and it's this whole concept that God in your marriage provides a stronger marriage. So not that we need to fit him in or work him in if we have time. We need to view him as one part of the triangle, right? So similar to the way that the Trinity functions in heaven, you've got God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, and they all are one, and they all work together. Uh, in our marriages, it's very similar. So if you think of a triangle and you put God at the top, 
and then at each of the corners in the bottom is, is one of the spouses, there's this distance between each of the spouses, right? Because we're sinful people, we're individualistic, we're often selfish, and uh, this, can, this can also be based on where we're at with God, where we're at spiritually. So the interesting thing about the tri triangle illustration is that uh, is really related to the size of your triangle. So the bigger the triangle is, the farther away you are from God and the farther you are away from your spouse. The smaller the triangle, the closer you are to God and the closer you are to your spouse. So the obvious connection here that we need to make is that as you and your spouse get closer to God, you get closer to each other. Now, this can work in both ways, right? You can either both work on your relationship with God separately, and, and this will happen. And at the same time, you can also work together by going to church, sharing ideas, sharing things that you've heard or learned along the way. Um, but in each of the two scenarios, you're basically moving closer to God, which moves you closer together. So the next idea is do your, do your part to know your part. So simply put, how can you, you, be a better husband? How can you be a better wife? What do you need to do to love the other person better, to love them more than you love yourself? Um, so, you know, instead of reading all the trashy magazines that us girls like to read sometimes and watching the uh, maybe not so great TV shows or movies that, you know, maybe the boys like to watch here and there, um, <laughs> Watch, read, and listen to things um, that are going to just help you inspire to have a better marriage. So, um, and obviously we believe that the first thing you need to do is start with the Bible um, because that's, you know, that's God's word and um, God designed marriage. That's where it originally came from. And so he tells us um, what it is that we need to do to be a better wife, to be a better husband, how we can be more supportive, helpful, hardworking, loving, all of the things. Um and then, you know, think about um, just what are the, the attributes that um, God kind of tells us? What are the attributes of a good husband? What are the attributes of a good wife? Um, and, you know, how can, how can you put those things into your marriage? And then after that, add other resources. So you guys like books, um, magazines, blog posts, podcasts, right? Like message series, um, just, just like the one that you're listening to now, right? Um, but find those things and take time to listen to them. Here's one of the things that I say all the time about anything in life. I don't I know how many times you've heard me say this, but I, what do I always say? If it's important, you'll find time to do it. Mm -hmm. So don't give me the excuse. I don't have time to exercise. Yes, you do. If it's important, you'll find time to do it. You find time to drink coffee in the morning. You find time to watch TV. I find time to do stuff that I don't need to do. I find time to scroll on social media. Um, so if your marriage is important, you're going to find time to put into it. Um, so, and then if you hear things, if you, um, are things that you're not clear about, like get clarity, ask people, um, talk to people and then apply the things that you're learning, try them out and they may not all work. Like, um, there might be things that you're like, yeah, that didn't go like I thought it would be. Um, but try again, like keep trying and keep talking to your spouse and keep having those conversations and keep, and I mean, just ask like, Hey, I'm trying this. Is it working? Is it good? Like, is it helpful for you? Um, but you'll find those things and it'll absolutely take your marriage to the next level. Yeah, that's good. Next, get a second opinion. So this is really the whole concept of moving outside of your marriage in order to get help, 
right? So let's say your your spouse and you have been working on things and you're really trying hard, but things just don't seem to be getting any better. So start with other friends, start with trusted friends that you know have been down that road. Maybe they can, you know, sit down and talk to you. Maybe they can give you ideas uh, and maybe they can help get you back on track. If that doesn't work, there's counseling. You know, people do this for a living. They sit and they listen to people and they, you know, they help them. They throw out uh, ways to improve their marriage. Um, so counseling is a really good thing. And then even a marriage retreat or something like that, where it's very short, but very focused. And, um, you know, it's time away with you and your spouse where you have nothing else to focus on, but your marriage. So getting a second opinion can also be very helpful. Number four, get ready though. You'll never be ready. So at this point, let's pretend that, let's just pretend that our marriages are perfect and that we're at that stage where we're ready to have kids, right? First of all, that was a joke. There is no perfect marriage. And second, we're back to talking about married couples again without children, but only for a few minutes. So when you get to that point in your life when you've kind of prioritized your marriage and you, you know, you've kind of thought about your marriage and you've made it the priority, and then you start to think about having kids, this is kind of the the best case scenario, right? So you're in a really good position to have kids. You've You've ensured that there's a positive environment for them to be born into. You've decided that divorce is not an option so that there's kind of a a level of security there. And then you've also learned how to treat your spouse. So your kids will learn how to do that from you. But yet there's still time to like, oh my gosh, are we really ready? Like, don't we have to get everything ready? Like, don't, don't we have to be a hundred percent? Like we have to have all our finances in order and we have to have the right house and a perfect job and all of those things, right? But guys, come on, really? Is there anything in life that you do that you're 100% ready to do? Probably not most things and especially having kids. So you're not gonna feel ready emotionally. You're not gonna feel like you're equipped. You probably aren't gonna be financially prepared. Um, But here's the reality. If you wait until every single one of those things are in the exact perfect spot, you're probably never gonna end up having kids. And maybe that's your path and that's great and that's fine. Um, But if, you do decide that having kids is your path, then it's a, it's a leap of faith. That's absolutely what it is. Um, so we absolutely felt that way. Like we were ready. I would say we knew we Mm -hmm. wanted to have kids. We went into marriage very clear that we wanted to have kids. Um, we had fears and we had anxieties, um, uh, which were absolutely real, but we knew it was for us. So I still remember (laughs) having our first one, um, Allie, and, you know, you prepare, you lead up to it, you know, for the uh, wife, you're pregnant for nine months. And by the end, you're like, just get this kid out of me. It's time. Um, and so, you know, you have the baby, you're in the hospital and, you know, you get all prepared to leave and you walk out to your car and they hand you the kid, you know, they're in the car seat and they're like, here you go. You're like, whoa, whoa what? wait, what? what? You're literally going to give me this baby. And you're expecting that I know how to take care of this baby where I, like, I didn't have to sign a document. I, you know, you think about it, you guys, you buy a house, right? And you like sit down at a desk and you sign 12 million documents with your signature on it. And all of these things, or you take a driving test and you have to prepare and you have to read and you have to sit with an instructor. Like, nope, they just handed us this kid. Um, and I literally remember thinking to myself, like, I don't know that I can do this. Like, I don't think I, we can do this by ourselves. Um, like there's, there's just no way. 
but th that goes away. Like you, you get them home and you realize like, no, actually we are the best people uh, to do this for our kids. There's nobody better than us. But here's the thing is like, that's going to come up every time your kids move into a different phase of life. So it starts out when they're little and they're this newborn baby that needs everything from you, right? Like they can do nothing without you. Um, and then your child learns to crawl and suddenly you're like, uh, wait a minute. They don't just stay in one spot anymore. Like I'm going to leave the room and they could be someplace else and they could go down the stairs and they could stick their hands in the sockets and they could pull that thing off the table that, you know, uh, they couldn't touch before. And then they learn to walk and like, yeah, now life is like a hundred percent different. Um, then you take them shopping and you lose one of them. Yeah, that's a story for later. We had uh, one of those that our middle daughter still doesn't let me forget. Though I tell her it was partially her fault. And I'm sticking <laughs> to that story. So uh, you send them to their first sleepover. Uh, that's scary, right? And you're like, wait. Uh, and maybe one of you is okay with that. And the other one of you isn't. That's a conversation you and I had. Like we weren't on mm -hmm. the same page. That took some conversation right there. Uh, they go to their first overnight camp. Like they're away for a week at a time. That was like, I still remember that feeling wow. of sending our first one. And again, I think you were like, uh, I don't think they're ready for this. <laughs> and I was like, well, sink or swim, baby. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, you realize you need to have the talk, right? You know what the talk is, the birds and the bees. That's a whole different level. They become a middle schooler, life changes, they start to talk back, they think they know it all. Yeah, that's, uh, are you ready for that? That's super fun. They go through puberty and everything changes, their bodies change, the way they think changes, um, the, how they, uh, the things they'll share with you change. Like it all, they become like, you were their person to now you're not the person anymore. There's other people, um, other friends, other people they're looking to for advice in their life. They learn to drive. Hmm. That's, that's fun, isn't it? So again, another story for another day, but, uh, that was not my favorite thing. All three of ours now drive. And, uh, that pretty much became Daryl's job to teach them to drive because, well, again, another story. They get their first job. Uh, yep. There we go. That's the next thing. Uh, they, oh, here's a good one. They meet their first girlfriend or boyfriend. They start to date, uh, yeah, wow, that's like taking a deep breath of fresh air, or not fresh air, but a deep breath of air and thinking about what are the conversations you need to have with them? Um, have you had all the conversations? Have you explained? Have you set helped them set up boundaries? Uh, have you done all of that stuff that you're like before, like, oh, didn't matter. Like, they're just here and it's just friends. But now they've got that significant other in their life. And I think that's really hard uh, for parents too. It's hard to see that become like a, there's somebody else that's really important in their life at a different level than just a friendship, right? Yeah. 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 I remember, so uh, both of our girls kind of, uh, we went from like having no significant others in any of our kids' lives to both of our girls kind of at the same time, having one of them having a pretty significant other and the other one kind of toying with a significant other. And Daryl struggled. Like it, I remember you just being like, what are they doing? Like, why is this happening at the same time? Like, who are these people? Who are these boys? And like, uh, so yeah. And then they leave home and go to college. Uh, that, that was probably one of the hardest things for me. You like, for me, I went back and started thinking like, oh my gosh, did we do everything? Did we teach them everything? 
Uh, again, another story of uh, Allie. So Allie is our oldest uh, and she is now a sophomore in college. But her senior year of high school, like I, you guys literally started to freak out. Uh, like beginning of that year, I literally started to think like, oh my gosh, I don't think she's ready. I, did we prepare her? Like, And I started to like nag and like all of these things that I was like, no, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to know how. And it started to like kind of form this like tension between the two of us. Yeah, she got stressed out for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of starting to pull us away. And I finally had a friend that was like, stop, like just... Like, this is your last year with her in your house. Have fun with her. If she doesn't know it now, she's not going to know it. Like, you've taught her everything she needs to know. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, those things, that they make you, like, they make you sweat. They make you feel, like, all like, oh, I don't know. Um, but here's the thing, guys. You're never going to be fully prepared. Um, I, I don't care how much uh, education you have. I don't care how much studying you've done in advance. Every kid is different. Every situation is different. Um and you're just, it got, here's what I know is that if, if you um, continue to talk to God and you continue to ask him to walk with you through that, that he's going to help you through each one of those things. So, but it's a leap of faith, but it's a leap of faith that is abs- absolutely worth taking. It's the best thing you'll ever do in your life. Um, it's the hardest thing. I always say, weren't we just having a conversation this week? What did I say? I so. What did I say? The hardest things are the best things in life, right? Yep. Like, the hardest thing, um, being married is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Marriage is one of the hardest things, but it's one of the best things. Being a parent is one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but it's the absolute best thing that you'll do. So you've got it. You can do it. We believe in you. Yeah, definitely. If it, if it came super easy, everyone would do it and yeah. there would be no value around it really. Okay, let's land the plane. So like we said, we understand that there are many different people listening uh, to this episode, different stages of life. And because of this, we can't make blanket statements like, hey, this week, do a ruthless assessment of your marriage, because only some of you are married. And some of you may have done that ruthless assessment 20 years ago, for all we know. So our hope for you this week is that you will just continue to think through this information uh, based on your stage of life. So if you're not married, you know, has this episode helped you ask some good questions about a future spouse? If you are married, has this episode made you ask some questions about the health of your marriage? Um, Let's say you're married with kids. How are things going? Is your marriage still the most important thing? Or do you need to focus a bit more on that in the coming weeks? Uh, Let's say you're a single mom or single dad. We can't tell you strongly enough how awesome you are. Um, Thank you for stepping up and being there for your kids. It is a very high calling. And if you're empty nesters, congratulations. Sit back, relax, and laugh at the rest of us. Um, Actually, no, we have a job for you too. Um, We know that you are a huge help to those of us who are um, in the thick of things. So if there's somebody in your life younger than you or somebody who would benefit from your knowledge, don't hesitate to help them out. Don't fade off into the sunset. Uh, Continue to be the voice of reason for you, your kids, your neighbors, whoever uh, is in need in your community. And that's it. Uh, Thank you for joining us as we kicked off this series. Again, sorry, uh, kind of a bait and switch there, but we really wanted to start with the marriage topic first, and then we will dive into more parenting stuff next week. Um, I'm so looking forward to this. It's going to be a great series. Um, thank you, Tammy, for joining me. Hey, babe, it was fun, right? <laughs> it's all good. 
All right. Um, have a great week. And all, as always, keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.